Welcome, listeners, to Tuned In Dialed Up, a podcast about podcasting. I'm Gavin, joined by Will. Woo-hoo. Hi. Hi. So, today, it's going to be a fun episode. Not particularly productive in a way, in a reflective way. Yeah. But, as usual, we start episodes with our shining moment of the last two weeks. Something fun that happened the last couple of weeks-ish mm-hmm. in the podcasting sphere that we want to talk about. Will, what? are you going to talk about? So mine was very exciting. I got to read and uh, uh, how words. (laughs) I got to read an early release uh, copy of Lauren Shippen's The Infinite Noise. Yes. So this is the first of her three novels that are companions to audio fiction cornerstone the bright sessions um the bright sessions is uh, gavin i would say one of the most famous audio fictions out there yeah yeah it has been optioned for tv it again is getting this book trilogy uh via tour teens um so i read the infinite noise which focuses on caleb and adam from the bright sessions two kind of fan favorite characters and it was beautiful um i obviously can't talk about it too much it's not coming out until september but it was just it's so obvious that lauren shippen knows her character so well her writing translates so well to the page which isn't surprising to me um i believe that she is a a fiction writer like traditional prose versus scripts as well um and it's it's really nice getting the perspective, especially of, well, actually both Caleb and Adam, because Adam was kind of a, a side character and Caleb was a main character, but because he is an empath and he struggles with that, it's difficult for him to express himself out loud. So really getting inside his head was just so fantastic. And it's a stunning book. It is such a huge step for audio fiction to get a trilogy like this. It's really lovely. So keep an eye out for The Infinite Noise by Lauren Shippen. Um, It's wonderful. Gavin, what's your thing? Not to be reductive, but it really does sound like the, the argument for doing, for showing the internal monologue of a character you haven't gotten that from before. Unlike, I don't know rewriting twilight or 50 shades from Uh the character's perspective okay this is the good version (laughs) of that (laughs) all right i'm gonna do a quick negative one and then do my a positive one uh quick negative one is your (laughs) your parody (laughs) of a washington post article (laughs) that's maybe the Uh, funniest thing i've ever written in my life that's one of those things where it could it could turf out so hard because you're doing it from a place of negativity and being pissed off, so you might l- overlook something. But wow, uh, turns out parroting a really bad opinion piece that was uh, from the most head up his ass music critic I've seen in a long time, and that's saying something about music critics. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> As a music critic myself. Yeah, just uh, Will took that article, rewrote it basically line by line mm-hmm. to just destroy his uh, his wrong opinion. It was great. Yeah, um, this was the, my, the Washington Post article. Um, oh, I forgot what it's called. I forgot what it's called because I cited it in my parody, but I cited it wrong. It's called, um, are podcasts killing music or just wasting our time? <laughs> admit is by itself a very funny headline but it is just so goddamn earnest uh yeah it was something what's your actual positive so my so the the positive one that i'm bringing just to offset the negative tint to that one is i finally after owning it for six months and forgetting i had it downloaded rx elements and tinkered around rx elements has a fantastic click remover which basically every mouth sound that if you hear it, it ruins your day. Mm-hmm. If you don't hear it, you probably don't want it there anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, one way it can show how effective it is is there is a uh, function that you can just hi- click a box and it'll only output all the clicks it hears. Oh, no. Um, I'm not going to imitate it because that would be... Th- and then my ears went to hell. But... <laughs> 
let's just say whenever you think about like an alien with lots of um like insectoid arms that click like once you start getting into a hot and heavy conversation they come thick and fast Ugh. Uh, so yeah i'm cleaning up audio a lot more with a really quick workflow otherwise it would just stay in (laughs) Uh, yeah that's my that's my shining moment of the last two weeks love it so so we have been at this for just over a year now we have indeed and a lot of things have happened in podcasting over the last year you know um that is true (laughs) it's been a a buck wild year, I think. It's we can Sorry, say. I was contractually obligated to do that. Yep, yep. So we wanted to take this episode to kind of reflect on what we have learned and what we what has changed in the last year in podcasting, because there's been a lot. <laughs> if only there was a journalist who did. I don't know weekly write-ups of podcasts they were writing around or they were listening to around this time dateline if only april 14th 2018 (laughs) (laughs) highlight of the week wooden overcoat season three episode eight and tides invasion of the sea also launch launch of the end of time and other bothers oh my god yeah it's been a year holy shit oh my god i feel like that was like 2016 (laughs) Also, uh, the Tito Taylor episode of Wonderful came out last week, a year ago. No, uh, really? Yeah. Tito Taylor. And um, just, to, just to bump it forward to when we're recording this, uh, April 21st, 2018, uh, pr- particularly the Good Caliphate episode, and oh, yeah. then the pitfalls, Sandra and the Habitat dropped. Oh, Christ. It's been a year <laughs> since Sandra and the Habitat came out. So let's talk about the first thing that we've learned. And I wouldn't say that this is necessarily something that we've learned, but something that we uh, expected, but has been solidified for us. Not a goddamn person still talks about Sandra or the Habitat. Right. right. <laughs> the only, the real, I, okay, hang on. Um, let me just control shift and let's get a porn browser up. Uh, Sandra podcast. If you Google Sandra podcast review... The first is Vulture's Kiss Ass Review, and then the second is Discover Pod's Roundtable with you in it. <laughs> Where I said that the best character was the bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm I'm, I'm glad to uh, have it confirmed that you know longevity was not preserved there. Um, oh my god, an R Gimlet post from around from 12 months ago the moral of sandra is if your podcast is half ads you couldn't afford Kristen wig after all (laughs) harsh yeah i think i I think i can see why gimlet basically abandoned their subreddit long ago and it's because everyone in that subreddit loves to critique them myself included yep yeah um yeah they were bad also the habitat is uh, just bad sorry yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I think that it's uh, journalistically irresponsible. It's a it's a fun story. It does not present itself in a trashy reality TV way. Yeah, there's a little bit of kayfabe to it that I don't. It just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, other things that were happening around this time that I um, wouldn't have told you unless I looked it up. <laughs> Twenty two ninety eight is about to end. Wow. At this time. Wow. So, okay, let's talk about that a little bit. So, the landscape of audio fiction a year ago today I think was boom one was where... new still? Huh? Boom was new still, it oh, feels boom like. Boom was new. So, basically, we had mostly, I would say, mostly science fiction and horror still. Yeah. We were branching Especially out Especially yours. Bit. Yeah. I would say that the end of time and other bothers sort of signaled a little bit more entry into fantasy stories, um, which we're getting more. Huh? It it definitely is skewing that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're getting that with it with some stories, but I feel like we've gotten a lot more like slipstream fiction um, since then. Cause we've gotten, also we've gotten so much horny shit since then. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like so much we've gotten the shadows caravan and dream boy and dream boy also plays into slipstream 
so does so does the shadows actually a bit too. Oh, and then for Slipstream, didn't exist yet. Oh my god! Wow! 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 That's bizarre. For Slipstream, we've also gotten. Um, I would put Gay Future in yeah. there. Gay Future is like kind of sci-fi, but not really. And then also since then, we've gotten more and more musicals. We've gotten Gay Future has music in it, but it's not quite musical. Again, Dream Boy is very musical. And then Loveville High is a traditional musical where there are full musical numbers. Um, what else have we really seen crop up in this last year? Back in the day, there was a lot of, um, I mean, uh, back then, Fate Crafters was still chugging along. So you had, uh, oh, yeah. you know, you had Attention Hellmart Shoppers and Mars Fall. Mars Fall still going strong. Yep. Um, and Mars I think Hellmart's, Hellmart's still doing too, but all those Fate Crafter shows were kind of tweeting and retweeting about each other mm-hmm. to varying degrees of success. So all those seem to be interrelated to each other. Um Let's see. Craigslist Curios come out since then. I found a few more like interesting nonfiction shows have come out since then that feel like they didn't, they couldn't have existed in like 2017, early 2018. Like Craigslist Curio is a little bit amateur, but it has such a cool, simple premise that they can keep making it and make it interesting. Horse, obviously, yeah, just came I would along. Say- I think that what some of the signals, especially with like accession, um, is a lot more nonfiction that takes cues from fiction. Honey Roast also is part of this. Julia edits, I know, based largely on how she edits audio fiction. Oh, Everything is Alive came out last year. Everything is Alive. Yeah, that I would say that kind of, you know, toes the line between the two. I think that between when we started and now, One big difference is that finally audio fiction is starting to be taken a bit more seriously. Yeah. Um, You know, we're seeing things like Lauren Shippen get the book deal and the TV deal. We're seeing things like, like Luminary signing on Lauren and the entire atypical artist team to bring us uh, the AM archives, which is a huge deal. They're, they're being paid from what I know very well in, you know, something to point out this episode is coming out on luminary day luminary launches today. oh yeah it's luminary day i will have listened to the first episode of the am archives it's sitting in my inbox (laughs) and i keep like looking at it and being like i don't like i don't know why my heart's not ready but i if my heart's not ready the trailer that came out on uh friday was fantastic it's beautiful yeah i would say I, i think that that's a big change and like not to not to like toot my own horn here, but you know, we're also getting a whole fiction track at podcast movement that's being curated by me and Ellie. Like we're seeing, and and that's not something, that's not something that we pitched to podcast movement. Podcast movement came to us and said, we see fiction being ignored. We want help. So, I mean, I think it's clear that fiction is being taken seriously, not just as a part of the industry, but as a part of the community and a part of the creators who are feeding back into the industry and a, and a part that needs to be paid attention to. Um, I don't think that we're quite there yet. I think <laughs> I think we've still got a ways to go um, before it's considered like a real podcast medium you know like a real like thing in podcasting but i would say that we've we've jumped up a lot this year yeah i mean this is a a, this is technically a month and change from now but june 2018 is when that fucking cursed time culture thing came out what thing uh the best podcast of 2018 so far Oh, God. I forgot um, about that. That included one piece of fiction, and it was Sandra. Ugh, that's right. I did a little bit of uh, accidental good journalism on this in that I found, like, that was the best of so far. Uh, I found the end of year from the same author. Uh, it's effectively the same list. They swapped out a couple nonfiction shows. They put Everything is Alive on there and deleted Sandra. Good. But um, <laughs> The Habitat was still in the top five. Sure. People liked it. People liked it. Oh, and This Is Love was on the the first one that came out in June. But, like, 
it was very symptomatic of a problem that was, I mean I end up was this is love not on the final list? Ah, uh, let me look up the final one while I'm talking. Because I mean, I ended up writing a thing about this. We this was a constant complaint in 2018, at least among podcast folk, about people who are TV critics and those of the quote internet beat being assigned to write podcast lists. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, if you write about stupid nerd shit every day from the perspective of the editor, then obviously they're going to listen to podcasts. And then that person goes, cool, a hundred more dollars. iTunes top 100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then they just kind of throw it together. The, I love the headline. These are the best podcasts of 2018. Lord. Okay. In the top 10, we've got 30 for 30. Everything is alive. Getting curious. The wilderness, the dream worthy, the habitat, yeah. not, Binge mode, Harry Potter, whatever. Uh, In the dark, slow burn, and cereal. Cereal coming in a number one with a fucking bullet, of course. (sighs) See our episode about cereal season three, which neither of us finished. Yeah, I know. I dipped out. So, um, definitely not getting a new season of cereal this year. So, I think that leaves end of year list for 2019 a little bit more open. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I doubt Gimlet's going to pull another triple launch. Like that, That's the other thing. Around this time last year, Gimlet put out three podcasts at once. Mm-hmm. Only one of them could technically be considered a success, I think. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, because Sandra, they sold the rights. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the whole deal is they made Sandra to make, to homecoming it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, homecoming did okay as a show, I'm yeah. told. Yeah. Yeah, we should loop back to that, too. So that's another thing that happened in this year is that the Homecoming show on Amazon came out. Mm-hmm. I watched the first three episodes. Um, Ellie and I did a... Oh, that double. Yeah, that was fantastic. Thank you. Uh, we did sort of like live reactions to it and turn it into an article. I'm a big fan of Mr. Robot. I don't feel like the style worked incredibly well in Homecoming. I found Sandra Bullock's performance baffling um not in a good way but i i would say that that was our first successful adaptation of a podcast we did get lore before that but lore it got like sort of uh lukewarm reviews and it, it didn't make much of a stir but there was like a pop culture happy hour episode i think on homecoming like homecoming stirred the pot a bit in a way that I think actually was very good, whether or not I enjoyed the show. I think that it showed that uh, adaptations of podcasts can happen and can be successful. Uh, And like not to dunk on lore, but lore as a like taking lore, making a TV show of it. You are covering a lot of a lot of things that people who watch that kind of stuff have watched on YouTube already. Mm-hmm. So just having an Amazon like sheen to it doesn't necessarily make the whole, do you know that people used to have bells on their wrists or their wrists tied to bells in graveyards? Ooh, like, yeah, no offense to the source topic of lore, but when you are doing book reports on things that happen, other people also might've done that in yeah, another medium before you. It turns out that people can Google. Also, we're forgetting Gimlet's breakaway success ad- adaptation of startup Alex Inc. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Gavin, I'd forgotten. <laughs> I thought I was free from this hell. Zach Braff thought he was free from this hell too, but we keep drink- dragging his, his ass back in. Holy shit, Alex Inc. was so fucking bad. Yeah, that was hilariously a poorly informed thing. If you're going to make a show about a podcaster, maybe have an inkling. How does an actor who has worked for that long and has done voice work not have any sense of, yeah, there's a difference, but like you do things on camera that aren't realistic because it communicates TV is a visual medium, but also just grabbing a mic and putting your thumb <laughs> on the screen, just right there. <laughs> like, I, we're petty. Podcasters are petty and make fun of people in movies for holding mics wrong, but yo. There's like, but there's a difference between, like, holding a mic wrong because it looks right and it conveys that well in, you know, on a show. 
and doing it so poorly that it's that it distracts. It's like, okay, so I I have played stringed instruments like almost my entire life. Um I understand that when most pieces are played, unless they are like, you know, like a quick tempo, that was very off tempo, but a quick tempo, um, playing a stringed instrument doesn't like look very interesting usually. So mm. there are ways that you can fake it where people who play stringed instruments will know like, oh, they're not playing those notes at all, but it'll, it'll convey it well visually. But then there is a level of like, Nobody in their right mind would think that that's how you play a cello. Like that's not, that's not, this is, they're moving their bow so much and it's a very slow song. This is not how it works. It was that. It was that, but with using a microphone. It was so alarmingly, distractingly bad. Just so incredibly bad. So... Late spring, early summer 2018, Gimlet has dropped a bunch of podcasts. They've sold a bunch of stuff uh, that's either going to get turned into something or has been turned into something. Uh, who, like, we, I mean, we'll talk about it in a sec, but without taking into account the hundreds of billions of dollars that transferred in the last couple of months, in 2018, who was, like, the big one? Like, what were we talking about back then as, well, like, the of- head of podcasting? Well, I would say Gimlet still, um, yeah. but one one big one was Panoply. Oh, Panoply! Yeah, which shuttered. It's it's gone. It is not a thing anymore. Um, Panoply's closure was very sudden and very shocking. It sidelined projects that we still don't know anything about. Uh, Going back to Lauren Shippen, um, her project with John Dryden, um, the the passenger list, which featured uh, an actress from some series, something, featured some big actress. But Lauren Shippen's project with John Dryden, the passenger list, um, we haven't heard anything about it since which is really unfortunate and that's not to say that it's never going to happen that's not what i mean but it's unfortunate that it was something that was at least caught up in all of this um yeah so many jobs were lost and i would assume not replaced because making money in podcasting isn't really a thing um as of recording this gavin and i both still have day jobs uh, recently, because of the whole luminary money thing, Lauren Shippen like put numbers down on the line. Like we know it costs two grand just to do a one of those Patreon uh, bonus episodes mm-hmm. of the Bright Sessions, like the the, mis- the the extra cases and stuff, just to do those. Mm-hmm. And they had they made a musical episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that was a that was a that was a high water mark of 2018. Oh, yeah. Oh, such a beautiful episode. Here's a negative that turns into a positive. So um, Maximum Fun put out Bubble in early 2018. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, before I get into the Maximum Fun thing, just passing over it because I was ranting about this when we started tuned in, dialed up. Um, I'm going through my old articles and I noticed there was a corporation that broke into podcasting in March that turfed so hard. I question if it scared any other companies away from doing crap like this mcdonald's made that podcast <gasps> about the szechuan sauce but oh didn't God, mention rick and morty Holy yeah shit. for those who for the briefly i won't get into it but briefly for those who are not aware late march 2018 apropos of nothing really <laughs> mcdonald's releases a three episode podcast but it was a straight face documentary serial style podcast in three episodes about the Szechuan sauce being brought back at all McDonald's and the sauce launched at McDonald's across the nation because they were launching those chicken tenders no one likes and they were putting out sauces and then the Rick and Morty thing happened but the podcast can't legally for some reason or McDonald's doesn't want to be associated with it they talk about a cartoon 
that has a strong fan base and how so many people wanted the sauce. Yeah. They don't mention anything else associated with it. I yep. wrote an article about it or I wrote yeah, a I review that. of it. If you want to go in depth on that, I'll put a link in the notes. But yeah, McDonald's made a three episode podcast, put it out there and nothing else. Nothing. That was weird. But my arc that I was bringing up is mm-hmm. about this time last year, Bubble came out. And mm-hmm. for those who don't know, Bubble is a audio drama podcast produced by Maximum Fun. Their first traditional in-house produced audio drama mm-hmm. because you have stuff like Beef and Dairy Network, but that's just that a acquired. podcast that they brought on. Yeah. Bubble was based off of a TV pilot that Jordan of Jordan Jesse Go wrote and got shot down on. No one bought it. So Maximum Fun took that pilot, made it audio friendly, cast basically every mildly famous person they could get their hands on. Like anyone at Max Fun who's got any clout, like every McElroy is shoehorned in there. Paul F. Tompkins is in it. Like just all these people who will return their calls are just in it. The ads for Bubble were literally just roll calls of celebrities saying their names. Yeah. It came out. It got mixed results. I saw one person at PodCon wearing a bubble shirt. So someone bought merch. But the negative thing that came out of this was while um, trying to hype it up on Twitter, Jesse Thorne, head of Max Fun, tweeted, I'm probably most proud of the fact so many people who, parentheses like me, think that audio drama is usually kind of lame, love bubble. Oh my god, this thread. That thread hit, like, so many people got pissed off at Jesse. I know I and several other people that we talked to canceled our Maximum Fun donations over it, and the person who answers those Max Fun emails was, like, apologetic, and they were like, yeah, I get it. Jesse has apologized on Twitter over it, and we were like, yeah, but... But... I'm a Max Fun donator at five bucks a month now because now, recently, during the Max Fun drive, they changed their it now instead of um what was it used their their whole network was under the banner of artist owned listener supported. They changed it to artist owned audience supported. And now they're gonna they're gonna get transcripts for 14 Max Fun shows. Basically, mm-hmm. they took their most popular shows and transcripted them or are in the process of transcribing them. And they're having the McElroys pay for their own transcription I stuff. I don't think which, that they're having the McElroys pay for their own. I think that the McElroys offered. Yeah. Because as we know, the McElroys contract is up soon and they totally aren't jumping ship. Yeah, they're not gonna stick with Max Fun, guys. They're totally not. They have been talking about Gimlet a lot, but it looks like they might. I still think they're going to go indie, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe indie with a connection to Vox. (laughs) Yeah. Watch a year from now. We're going to be like, and the McElroys, they're still going to go indie when like nothing has happened. (laughs) They're still a Max Fun. Yeah. (laughs) They're a Max Fun forever. Turns out they really did like Can I Pet Your Dog. Weird. Weird. (laughs) No, a year from now, we're like, well, Lin-Manuel Miranda's podcast platform came out of nowhere, but it's not bad. The uh, The price of 69 cents a day is odd, but also Seems just can't great. stop. It's great. Oh, was there a paid app at this time? Howl was dead. Stitcher. Howl was dead. Stitcher was around. Stitcher's still around. Stitcher's Stitcher still actually around. doing okay. Um, EO, you could listen to EOS 10 season one for free that, this time last year. Can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that got paywalled. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I think that I think that Howell had recently kicked the bucket. I know Wait. I was still talking about it in my articles, but I can't tell if that's it, me being pissy back then because I'm still pissy about no, it. No, it was um, it was that. Not Howl, Earwolf. Earwolf was paywalling um, all of their podcasts yeah. except for Magic Tavern. Um, and that's only because they the threw a fit, right? It's only because Magic Tavern has a, a linear plot. And so it wouldn't make sense to paywall those. Um, yeah, so this happened and people were furious. And to be honest, I don't listen to enough Earwolf podcasts to know if it's still happening. I listen to Magic Tavern. I listen to Beautiful Anonymous sometimes. That's, I 
think it. Um, one thing that's interesting that's happened since then, um, Mission to Zix was an audio boom property. Yes, and it was acquired by Max Fun this year, which is kind of in direct competition, I would say, with Hello from the Magic Tavern because Earwolf and Max Fun are the two biggest comedy networks. Yeah. And both of those shows are improvised speculative fiction ongoing stories have you heard the new ad where they they say it's obsessively edited i have heard that i would say the term obsessively edited is a bit strong i would agree with you (laughs) although but it is it is a it is one of the better maximum fun ads i'll give them that no it's Um, a good show i just i listen to things that are done by misha stanton so like (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> kind of hard to impress anymore. Yeah, it's it's wow, a good Kalita show. Wow, Stormfire came out in December 2017. Yeah, let's talk about this. Because I think that in 2017, we had sort of a new creator renaissance. And I think that we're still in the middle of it. Oh, so yeah. we, we saw um, the closures of Ars Paradoxica, The Bright Sessions, and Wolf 359, which were we kind of the... saw the disappointment of Limetown. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and those were so those three were kind of the, the big three indie audio dramas of the time. And then we had some new contenders step step in. We had Kalila Stormfire. We had Tides. We had uh, later on we had Giannis Descending. Um, we had what else? Ostium was is still taking along. Um, the mm-hmm. it launched a little bit before this window. Mm-hmm. So we had kind of Palimpsest. Palimpsest. Um, we have like a new flood of of new indie voices in the audio drama scene. And we're still seeing that with with names um like the van is a good example. Uh the 1237 is a good example. Yep. Windfall, another new one, Moonbase Theta Out. We're seeing just lots and lots of new Station Blue. Station Blue, yeah. Tons of new names, which I think is really exciting. And one thing that I like is from this era, the the big podcast. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, super ordinary. Oh my god, Red Rhino too. Back in this era, we had those those big three, you know, uh, and uh, the black tapes. We should also mention Amelia Project. Yes. <laughs> so we we have these these like set of four, maybe five, if you count Limetown. Um. And they were seen as like the, you know, MVPs of of audio fiction, I would say. And now we still have a lot of those creators still making works, especially Whisper Forge, um, who have gone on to make Star Tripper, The Far Meridian, Caravan. They've got more on the way. But now it doesn't feel as much like there are rock stars and then a bunch of like miscellaneous indies. I, I would still say that, like, there is a huge disparity between a large podcast and a small podcast, um, definitely. But I think that it feels a little bit more evened out, at least from the perspective of somebody who does not create in the space, but just writes on the space. I, I think that probably from an internal perspective, it feels a little bit different. Um, but I think that we're seeing, you know, a lot of newcomers get their due um without having to wait the years and years like those those forerunners did i'm like i'm sitting here scrolling through my my pocket casts or not fuck oh there's a thing that's changed back this time last year pocket cast was number one with a bullet the best app and then they fucked it up so hard so bad so i'm now back at podcast addict which is what i started with i'm now with radio public Radio Public's a good app. It is a good app. I've they've made Crypto a lot of changes to it that out. make it work a lot better. Yeah. Just scrolling through this makes me want to find like an app or a website that allows you to quickly and easily build a timeline and yeah. stack things. Cause yeah. I'm finding a lot of late 2017, mm-hmm. like the the back half of 2017 is where a majority of audio fiction I'm subscribed to that isn't stuff made by Anthony because he just <laughs> fires them out. <laughs> yeah. That's Anthony Olivieri of 2298. So and much. <laughs> and Great and Terrible and Limbo and Million Things. Yeah, he, he makes everything constantly. I don't know when he sleeps. 
Dream Boy came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really does feel like there's more. Uh, how do I phrase this? It feels like there's more people in the community who are engaged in the community and excited about it because I'm yes. finding less and less times where I will randomly find something or am recommended a show that's just completely out of the Twitter sphere. Like Craigslist Curio, I only found out about through random on I think Reddit, which I barely go on. Beach too sandy, water too wet. I found out through Ellie in the rec channel of your server, but mm-hmm. I would have heard about it on Twitter eventually because mm-hmm. people I follow follow Beach Two Sandy. Uh, that one was more me rushing to get the scoop. Oh, the Forest Guide is a recent one. Jack's Jack's work on that is fantastic. Um, Archive eighty one's been chugging along since three years ago. That's. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to believe some of these shows that are just really good and staples were not around in 2015. You know. Yeah, it's it's. I think that's another thing that this year has has taught us is that the industry is moving faster and faster constantly. It seemed like back in 2015, 2016, that it was, you know, going really fast and changing really fast. But compared to how much things have changed this year, uh, that was nothing. <laughs> like yeah. it's 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 grown and changed so much so fast that it's at least for me at times difficult to keep up with, which sucks because it is my job. I do it. It just makes me sleepy. <laughs> yeah, the oldest podcast I'm subscribed to is April 11th, 2010, and that was Bim Bam. Yeah. Wow. Meanwhile, one of the most recent podcasts I've subscribed to and haven't listened to is an Earwolf uh, audio drama, I think. My Dead Wife, The Robot Car, starring Horatio Sands and Mary Holland. Or no, Horatio Sands is in it. Also, Matt Besser and a few other people. Once again, another comedy-based podcast set made in L.A. or close to L.A. in which they were just like, who do we know? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but that does happen a lot, especially in the Earwolf and Max Fun sphere, where you get a bunch of stand-up comics and um, actors who are just like, everyone knows each other. Mm-hmm. All the things start to sound kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Thrilling Adventure Hour came back, so. Oh, yeah. So some of, the, some of the fallen titans can come back, too, though. Actually, how are they doing? Because Thrilling Adventure Hour came back as a Patreon podcast. Hmm. 1,200 patrons. I think they're doing fine. I think they're doing pretty okay. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb and say that's probably fine, especially when their only tier is $5. Well, oh, yep. on that note, let's talk about the runaway Patreon success that happened last month. Uh, yes. Oh, is, my God. There is some justice in the world because Starly Kine now can make a show for eternity essentially <laughs> yep um starly kine launched a patreon specifically to make a podcast like that's the information is a podcast she only has one tier it is five dollars a month and that shit blew up calculating um, that out that's at least five thousand three hundred dollars probably more because there are probably people pledging more than five dollars a month. Good. Um, Starly Kine is uh, somewhat famously a creator who worked on – she worked for This American Life and a few others. And then she worked um, on Gimlet's The Mystery Show, which is – was phenomenal and was canceled. Uh, Arguably one of the two podcasts that broke Gimlet into the po- the public's perspective. Yes, because startup startup was popular, but it was yes. popular in the business sphere. Yes, yeah, I would say that if if there's a good comparison I can make, it's probably that like mystery show is the firefly. Yeah, of podcasting, uh, canceled unceremoniously and unjustly with a massive following, but. Recently, Starly Kine has launched this Patreon, and we we will hopefully get a podcast. And, that and, I'll, and, and just briefly, the reason that is so awesome isn't just that a good creator is getting money. 
Gimlet canceled under complete bullshit circumstances. They, it, there is evidence to suggest they straight up lied about why they fired kind. And they said they were working with kind to get her the rights to the mystery show. They mm-hmm. didn't, they, they did still not. own the rights and she has not gotten any residual residual ad money from a podcast that is still in sometimes in trending Yep, <laughs> because the mystery show is massively popular. Yeah. And also Gimlet got bought by Spotify and she has not seen any of that money. Nope. So what would you say is your biggest takeaway between a year ago and today, Gavin? Um, I have isolated myself away from the big podcasts that are like chat shows and stuff like that because I just do not have the time anymore. Mm-hmm. Why is Titanic trending? What? Hashtag Titanic is trending. In worldwide right now. I have no what, idea. What the f- what the fuck happened? What? Okay, I'll figure that out later. Um, the biggest takeaway I have is uh, there is such a massive community and it does not take that much effort to get into it. Uh, at Washington Post. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Uh, it's not that hard. It, like, cause You, you want to know what's hard? Finding music. Because like... My side gig that pays for hosting and my uh, my Adobe Audition subscription is reviewing four albums a month. And good golly, Miss Molly, is it hard to not find stuff that's just like Kid Rock's greatest hits. Hey, uh, Gavin, do you want to know my favorite way of finding music? <laughs> Opening up Spotify's top 100 and just going for it? No. It's listening to a podcast. All songs considered. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. I would say... I would say that my biggest takeaway is... um, I think that my optimism and cynicism have been flipped in a few ways since last year. Last year, I was very cynical that audio fiction would ever be given its due. Um, And I was very optimistic about uh, platforms like Patreon um, and platforms like I really thought that we were going to move further and further away from a traditional capitalistic system. I am a fool. (laughs) I'm I'm an idiot fool. Um, I am now much more optimistic for audio fiction and much less optimistic about us moving away from a sort of capitalistic system with podcasting. But I don't know if I think that's necessarily all bad. We've talked about this a bit in our Luminary episode. Um, yeah. I, I think that it's interesting. I think it's You know what? If Luminary is a good app t- today, air quotes, as I sit here opening up Luminary, because this totally isn't recorded days in advance – if it's a good app, it's a good app. Like their advertising strategy was good, good garbage. And um, it's obvious, it, it obvious. There is evidence to suggest they had a whole campaign of um, ads that would insult other podcast apps ready to mm-hmm. go. But then all of us on Twitter threw a hissy fit because they, they didn't post another one, but there was an animated uh, thing. There was a, literally their fir- first tweet was an animated fun little ad that they were going to promote about um, listening to podcasts anywhere else is like sexting with a fast fax machine, but the is like ends in such a way that it looks like it's a, it's a format that they could throw in new punchlines and make new ads. Uh, mm. Yeah. They didn't make any more. <laughs> uh, they, they, in, in fact, they slowed the roll on any snarkiness at all. Uh, and have basically just been like Lauren Shippen, please get us more followers <laughs> because they're Which most is a successful. Good tactic. Yeah, they basically like, just retweet be, the AM archives. If I'm going to be subscribing to Luminary at all, it's literally only going to be because of Lauren Shippen. Also, the um, makers of the Stoop have a podcast on there that's probably going to be fantastic. Yeah, that is gonna, probably going to be good. Um, they really haven't mentioned Hannibal Buress since then. That's fun, huh? Yeah. Uh, I will say I do. I will be able to listen to previews of a lot of these podcasts. Um, but I'm going to listen to the first episode of the AM archives. I don't know, several days before any of those. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to believe in luminary. 
I really do. I'm just worried. The thing about Luminary that make I mean, I know Luminary is VC funded and yikes, but things like Luminary that kind of make me hopeful are the fact that more traditional podcasty people are being introduced into those socializing circles out West. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to say LA has a grip on podcasting. New York does. But LA is also a uh, like a, a hotbed. And then we've got people like Chad of Station Blue mm-hmm. and Travis Reeves of um, 20 Sided Stories who are James out there. Oliva. James Oliva. They're all just like Misha Stan. Trying to build this little yep. <laughs> little oasis of podcasting where they make actual effortful podcasts and not mm-hmm. just like, so I got uh, this mildly famous person who's got a book to promote on. Uh, so, farting, what's that about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> you know what? I joke about that. That's probably an episode or going to be an episode of Ologies at some point, And Almost it'll be definitely. fascinating will let's move on to our recommendations this week our recommendations will what do you got okay let's see i've got a recommendation i recommend watching the three-part video series from folding ideas on the 50 shades of gray both the movies and the production of the movies in the 50 shades of gray franchise so good it's so good. Three hours and it's worth every minute. Almost said Penny. It really is. So I've I've got one. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty quick synopsis. Um, it is an audio fiction. It kind of feels like you know like a classic uh, fairy tale kind of never ending story. But um, it's about this carpenter and uh, he works only with wet wood. But despite that. Um, through rigorous training and a hint of magic, he can turn that wet wood into beautiful crafts, and it's called Driest Tables. Love it. <laughs> that one comes from Misha Stanton. It is... That's from Misha? That's from Misha. Wow. It is maybe the silliest pun I've done. I love it. It's very it's a good, good one. and very ridiculous. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, like, no insult to anybody who's submitted one or you f- will yourself for the ones you've made up, but, like, there are there have been a few on this show where halfway through, I'm like, I, I got it. Even if, like, one word's gonna be different, I can see what the format of the mm-hmm. punchline's gonna be. With that one the whole time, I'm just like, Jesus, mate, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Carpenter, like it was just Char- Charlie Day with all the the conspiracy board. Yeah, <laughs> Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> Gavin, there have is I? No, Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> have I recommended Aria Code yet? No. I want to. Someone about- we know recommended. Oh, Paul Bay was recommending Aria Code on Twitter oh, a lot yeah. a couple weeks or few weeks back. But yeah. I love that Paul Bay listens to Aria Code. So <laughs> Aria Code is so good. It is through WNYC. It is a podcast about opera. But just stay with me here. So admittedly, <laughs> yes, I am an opera person. I am very Sicilian. Um, I grew up going to many operas. I have a lot of opinions on them. Um, La Boheme is better than Rent. Don't at me. Well, that's um, just. I'm right. See, see Lindsay right. Ellis's video on Rent. <laughs> yes. Um, so Aria Code is really great because it takes specific arias from operas, which are like usually very uh, difficult pieces to sing. And they're written to show off a, you know, a singer's capabilities, basically. Um, And it talks about, like, really great performances of them. But it's so fascinating and so funny. And the arias play, but then they also have experts on it. And it's just so engaging. I don't know how to explain. It kind of has that 99% invisible feel where, you know, you have that – you have this concept and you're like, wow, that sounds really boring. This is an entire episode on the bean shape of swimming pools. Why? And then you listen and you're like, oh, this is the most fascinating thing I've ever heard, actually. And I'm a genius now. Um, Aria Code is like that. But it's also because it's opera, it's a bit more dramatic and at times almost a little in 
indulgent. Um, it's just really fun and fantastic. And you learn so much about pieces that you've definitely heard before. Like, even if you don't know opera, you've heard um, Habanera from Carbon. You've heard, did I say Carbon? From Carmen. <laughs> Carbon, the Carbon. sci-fi reboot of mm-hmm. Carmen. I would, holy shit, I would watch that so hard. Oh my god, I want that. Um, but like you, you've heard these these opera pieces before, um, and getting the story behind them is fascinating. There's one about um, oh, what is the about Queen of the Night? The episode on Queen of the Night from the Magic Flute is really interesting. It's one again one of those pieces that you definitely have heard, even if you don't realize that you've heard it. It's a piece that I never really understood, even being a fan of opera growing up, um, until I listened to the episode, and it is really great. So that is Aria Code, and that's A-R-I-A Code. I was about to say, like... uh, Yep, not like Aria Code. It is a goofy-ass pun, which I respect. (laughs) Gavin, what's your first one? My recommendation is another art podcast, uh, much... (laughs) Much in the similar vein of a long look. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm a sucker for a sometimes name. Hi, babe. She's she's here for this wonderful performance I'm putting on. It's a nonfiction podcast in which a narrator stands in front of a piece of artwork and describes it to you and talks about its background and history and all that. Except it's got a little bit of that old Food Network channel unwrapped in it because they're talking about things that you can eat that are available at any movie theater. Oh, my God. So you hear the different histories of candies and stuff. And the name of this podcast is Concession. Concession. Fuck you. you. That one's brought to you by I forgot about the recommendation section of the show while while wrapping up the other part. So I so a session was at the top of my feed. Perfect. <laughs> it was a good one for that. Damn. Yeah. Um my my recommendation here is a little is a wonderful horror anthology show, Nightlight. Oh yeah. Nightlight. Nightlight. Creepy by oral stories with full audio production written by black writers and performed by black actors it is such a fucking refreshing show mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's i mean there are a lot of good horror anthology shows out there but nightlight just fucking why i listened to uh, a particular favorite of mine obviously is the train one um it's called <laughs> the red line it's about a, a guy taking a train home in the middle and early and early earlier in the morning, and um, it's the power cuts out, so they have to get off the train, the subway, and walk through the tunnels, and some fucked up shit happens. It is really mm-hmm. creepy, really atmospheric. It spooked me in broad daylight while driving, and if your fully produced horror story can sound good in a fucking car speaker going seventy miles an hour. That's good. That's just good production, good writing, good everything. Hell yeah. Uh, Nightlight is just a really good show, really good use support. Um, check it out. Yeah. Let's see. Meow, 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 meow. Which thing do I do? While you're searching, I haven't listened to this one, but I have subscribed to it. And the, the, con- the, 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 the concept alone... I mean, obviously, I subscribe to it because of the concept, but I'm just super interested in it. Um, it's called Knowledge Fight. It's uh, about two guys who uh, listen to Infowars and then talk about <laughs> in great detail why Alex Jones is full of shit. Hell yeah. Oh, Each episode is like second. two and a half hours long. No, it's like an hour uh, to two hours long. Um, but I, yeah, there are a few in a row that are two and a half hours. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, Absolutely oh, not. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. The thumbnail <laughs> is like the the Looney Tunes uh, circle background from the That's All Folks, but it's Jones's face, and he's got a Pinocchio nose, and the two hosts are like standing <laughs> on it and hanging off of it. That's it's great. hilarious. Oh, it's very good. Oh man, my second recommendation is a one eighty from that. Yeah. <laughs> so my second recommendation is a podcast that is rough, um, but really beautiful. 
It is called Julie, the Unwinding of the Miracle. Um, this is by Pineapple Street Media. It is a nonfiction. It is about a woman who finds out that she has stage four colon cancer. It is terminal and she is dying. Um, she wrote a book in the last months of her life and she also recorded a podcast to go along with it. Oh, I've heard of this. Yes. And so this is that podcast that she recorded. So she has died. She has passed away. Um, and these are her last few months in a few episodes. There are uh, three episodes total. There is also an epilogue and like a quick introduction. Um, it is very honest and at times really funny and very unflinching and I was very moved by it um it's again it's a hard listen but it's really beautiful and it's it's really interesting to hear this kind of story told on this medium um not to be, you know, the the biggest cliche ever, but we talk about intimacy a lot with podcasts, and I think yeah. this is a very specific form of that. And it's it's produced beautifully. It there are like she's hearing these mysteries from her life unfold in these last few months um, in ways that are really interesting. Like it's almost part mystery story along with dealing with grief and dealing with things like paperwork you know um so that's julie the unwinding of the miracle um the cover art for reference just says julie um and it's like sort of a a watercolor with a dark background um this fe- yeah go ahead i'm just trying to figure out a way to say it so it doesn't so insult a dead person um it feels like a more because the the host is an adult and thinking things through. Um, it feels like th- this is more of a uh, will s- scratch the itch. I thought I would get from this star won't go out back when I was in college. Yes. Uh, for those of yeah. you who don't know, this star won't go out. The life and words of Esther Grace Earl is a book that uh, it's a collection of writings, blog posts, and poems and uh, just various written stuff from Esther Earl, who was a super fan of Harry Potter, who met John Green and then basically stand John Green uh, and uh, succumb to a terminal illness. Well, I, I think of, that one thing that's important for that context the, is that she and John Green were very good friends. Yeah, they were um, like legitimate Green, friends. Yeah, John Green used to work as a, a youth minister in hospital, actually. So he had a lot of experience dealing with things like this. And, and she did pass away very, um, very young. Yeah. I was trying to find the age, but it's not in the description at all. Uh, but it's like 14, I think 16. Uh, she was 16. Uh, that, the, it, that one is presented from the perspective of the parents collecting her stuff and then writing in betweens to kind of give it context. Mm-hmm. This show sounds like something far more, uh, far more thought out and uh haunting (laughs) yeah i would say so um it's it's really beautiful and definitely worth a listen it's one of the podcasts that has made my uh, polygons best of podcasts of the of the year so far it's on that list which by Um, the way that's a really fucking good list listener you you should go check it out thank you it's a podcast list that technically got fan art (laughs) it did technically that was amazing oh my god Gavin, what's your second recommendation? I just got a tweet with the word cuck in it in reference to something. (laughs) Uh, It's been a long time since that's happened. You've made it, Gavin. I've made it. (laughs) It's not calling me one for once. Uh, Aww. You haven't uh, made it. I've never been called a cuck. It's usually white knighting. Um, (laughs) How dare I defend sex workers on the internet? So, 
Uh, that's not relevant, but hey, if you're thinking about making an investigative Bigfoot show, just do it. On that note, I have only listened to a couple of episodes of this, but it's a show called Into the Portal, in which hmm. uh, two hosts talk about a supernatural topic of some sort. Uh, right now, they are on, specifically talking about Bigfoot. Um, they started out with, by kind of narrowing it down, they specifically talked about North American sightings that were violent hmm. in some way, because that is a recurring trend of people saying they got attacked by something. Um, and the in, into the portal, uh, and sorry, I, I apologize for not having too many details, but I keep losing it in my podcatcher so I can't pull it up. Uh, the hosts are very much into. Uh, this to the point where one of them has written a book about cryptids and quotes the sections on relevant sections. They establish like where different breeds of what we call Sasquatch, because there's like a consistent trend of more blonde and this size ones being in this area of the North American. Mm. And then there's more of your classic Brown, uh, Patterson film looking dudes over here. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of huge rocks getting thrown stories. <laughs> yeah, as you do. As as you do. Big big feet love them some rock throwing um, and throwing. I think one guy gets thrown off a cliff at one point. It's uh, there's a whole there's actually like a true crime investigation at one point almost because they start talking about how there's conflicting testimony as to whether this guy who got attacked shot a Bigfoot the night before that was defenseless and then the Something attack about the phrase, was shot a Bigfoot. It's really fucking funny. Because he there's just testimony that he says he was walking along a like a gully and he looks up on a rig <laughs> ridge and there's a Bigfoot and his thought is well time to shoot it and then shoots it and it runs away and then the next day their cabin gets attacked. By like four or five of them in a forest throwing giant rocks. Maybe. <laughs> just maybe you asked for it. Maybe. Maybe. But, <laughs> so that, uh, that, that, that show is called Into the Portal. They just they did a uh, they did like a seven part thing on gob like the, the the mythos of a goblin and how that, that folklore grew over time, which I start I haven't finished yet, but that I started that one as well. It's very good. Um, nice. Yeah, fun show. Nice. Love it. <sighs> so, Will, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on Twitter at Will W. Writes. That's W-I-L-W underscore writes. You can find me on Polygon, on the AV Club's Podmass, on WillWilliams.Reviews, which is where I post my own reviews. I'm currently doing a re-listen series of Ars Paradoxica, um, which is going to be fun. Oh, if you are listening to this the day that it comes out, um, on Wednesday, tomorrow, so that's Wednesday the something, Wednesday the 24th, 24th um, I am going to be listening to the episode Plasticity, which is fucking rough, um, and I'm going to be live streaming my reactions on Twitter, um, so check my site for details on also, Gavin. you should pledge to Will's Patreon because oh. Will's Patreon allows access to a specific channel on the Discord server <laughs> that is not accessible if you're not a patron. And that is where some of the people who worked on Ars Paradoxica show up to talk about reading Will's notes. And it's amazing. It's really fantastic. Seeing um, Misha pop in and be like, oh, no, yeah, you're totally you totally yeah. are right about this. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, here's the story behind why this thing happened in this episode. It's really uh, surreal for me in like a way that is uh, eternally humbling um, and just really neat. It's like getting uh, more kind of director's commentary. Um, thank you, Gavin. Gavin, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on the internet at thepodreport.com where I haven't put anything up in a long time and I probably should soon. But I am getting so damn close to getting the next full episode of Standard Docking Procedure out. So if you're not following, following at DockingPod on Twitter or subscribe to Standard Docking Procedure on, I, on any podcasting app you prefer, go ahead and do that because stuff's about to happen uh, this week. I won't say what, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um that said, if you want something not 
uh, specific to any podcast in particular in your life. I got a coupon for bumper stickers and made the stupidest bumper sticker ever, uh, which I have a pinned tweet for. You can find me on Twitter at the pod report. And my pinned tweet is a link to my Etsy store where I am selling bumper stickers that read my other car is a podcast. (laughs) Uh, I have sold a shocking amount of these. I have like 30 left now. Uh, you should you should go and buy several so I can get these out of my house and stop getting ugly looks from my fiance, who is still not over how stupid they are. Rightfully <laughs> so on her part. Uh, at the Pod Report on Twitter, and that that'll that'll do it. Will, thank you so much for joining me on this wild retrospective ride of ours. Yeah, thank you. Here's to another year and more years and more years after that, and then one day we die. Here's hopefully more hundreds of millions of dollars get spread on podcasts, but but get spent on podcasts, but spread out a bit and not just one company. Here's hoping. Here's that's funny because that'll never happen. (laughs) But we'll still die. Yeah. You can always count on that. Bye. Go listen to some horror podcast listeners. The only way to get this out of your out of your head. (laughs) Bye.